name of Jesus, amen. Dear Christians, today is a Wednesday, and I know what that means for you. This morning, your alarm clock jolted you awake from your nice, peaceful sleep, and the first thing you did was smile. You swung your legs over the side of the bed. You jumped up, threw your arms in the air, and shouted, Yes! It's a Wednesday! Then you ran down the stairs and out the front door into the street. You continued to shout, gesturing wildly. You went over to your neighbor's house and yelled it up at their window. Woohoo! It's Wednesday. We get to go to church tonight. Your children came out and joined you, high fiving you, patting you on the back, and shouting, Hooray! I get to say my memory work tonight. Every person that you met, at work, at school, on the commute, at the store, and everywhere in between, you told them how glad you were that you get to go to church right now. To put it clearly, you echoed the words of our introit. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Is that how your morning went? It wasn't. Why not? Well, I suppose if you're like me, it's because mornings are early and it takes a cup of coffee before you can even speak to someone, let alone run around wildly with joy. Maybe it's the same for you. You didn't hop right out of bed and run around celebrating. You had coffee first, right? But since then, you've told every person you've met how glad you were to come to the house of the Lord. I'm sure it's the same on Sundays. And every day of Holy Week, when we have church. No, not even then. Me neither. No, most times people aren't glad when they're going to the house of the Lord. Instead, we go to the house of the Lord begrudgingly. We go because we feel guilty if we miss. We go so we can get our kids through their confirmation class and meet the minimum requirements. We go because our parents always want and so we've been in the habit of going. We go to church because we have to teach Sunday school. We go because we think that's how we earn points with God. I've even had people ask me if going to church 
for a funeral or a wedding counts for the week, as if there were some minimum requirement of attendance. So it's not always with gladness or joy that we come to the house of the Lord. And what's more, sometimes when we come, we can't help but complain about what's happening at the church. Complain about how the money is being used, what temperature the room is kept at, the way the grass is mowed or the sidewalk is shoveled. Sometimes we can't help but complain about the service. Can you believe that we sang all 12 verses of the hymn? Did you know the pastor preached for 24 minutes? I can't understand why church is longer than an hour. Don't they know that we have other commitments? Sometimes we even get counteracting complaints, right? Some of us complain because it's too warm, and some of us complain that it's too cold. Some complain that we sang all the verses. Some complain that we cut some out. And so we don't always go with gladness to the house of the Lord. And sometimes the people at church, well, they're part of what we complain about. So often we belittle those at church or we complain about each other to other members of the church. So often we take the time between church and Bible study to talk about the horrendous outfit that plain Jane wore to church. Sometimes we gather together and say, we're so glad that so-and-so wasn't here to ask dumb questions at Bible study. Sometimes it's at church meetings the very worst human behavior comes out. Where people are rude and obstinate to a fault. We know these things will happen. Sometimes, as a result, we dread going to the house of the Lord. We think about church in terms of our preferences, our wants, and our desires. And if the things we want and prefer and desire aren't happening, Maybe we'll try someplace else. We judge our church workers to a standard that we ourselves couldn't stand up against. We make churches places of conflict and fighting. We allow the buildings to fall apart due to neglect and lack of funding. We church hop from place to place, thinking the grass is always greener on the other side, but the truth is, 
Every place we go, church-wise, is the same. It's full of sinners. All of us. Guilty. Pastors as well. We complain just as much, if not more. And considering all of this, what do we say? We are glad to go to the house of the Lord. We don't echo the words of the introit, but so often our prayer is, I was indifferent when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was angry, I was sad, I was stubborn. When they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. That's the reality that we as sinful people sometimes face. The reason that we see things this way is because we're focused mostly on ourselves. What we want, what we think is best, how we think things should be done, what message we think should be proclaimed. And since we're all sinners, we all miss the point then. Dear Christians, That's not the way the psalmist sees it. He understands the reality of what the church really is. It's the place where God dwells in the midst of his people. Not to punish them, not to show some how right they are and some how wrong they are. God dwells here to give forgiveness to every single sinner that comes in. God is here, present, not due to your preferences or because of how long your family has been a member here or because of how much money the congregation has raised. He's present here because his word is preached and taught the way he laid it out in scripture. To the very best of the ability of our pastors. He's here because his word is read from the lectern, sung in the hymns, heard in the liturgy and sermons. He's present here because his body and blood given and shed for you is present here. He's present in that body and blood, not because your pastors are super holy. They aren't. 
Not because we're super nice people who dress trendily. We're not. He's present here because his word declares his presence. This is my body. This is my blood. He's present here in the waters of holy baptism that clothe you not in your own self-righteousness or in the ignorance of your sin, but instead in the blood-bought forgiveness of Jesus. Yes, the psalmist is right. He sees the church as the place where God is present, distributing forgiveness, life, and salvation to you and to me through his holy word and blessed sacraments. And the psalmist, seeing that, rejoices at being present where God is. He rejoices at being present where God is for him. And so, he is glad when they say to him, let us go to the house of the Lord. He's glad when he hears the word and receives the gifts. He rejoices in seeing Jerusalem because the holy temple, the place of God, is there. Even being near the church makes him glad. The whole city of Jerusalem rejoiced at the presence of God amongst them. Rejoice with Jerusalem, the psalmist says. Be glad for her, all of you who love her, that they may nurse and be satisfied from her consoling breast, partaking in the gifts that God gives through her. For it is at Jerusalem that God gave his greatest gift of all. Forgiveness of sins. It was first at Jerusalem that Jesus, God's own son, was arrested for your sin. As we heard tonight, he was tried and found guilty for your sin, for your wrongdoing. He was killed for your transgressions. It was at Jerusalem that Christ then arose again from the dead to proclaim victory over the grave and eternal life to all who trust in him. It was at Jerusalem that the message of the good news of Jesus was first proclaimed. It happened first at the tomb by angels who said, he's not here, he is risen and then by faithful women who told the apostles, and apostles who preached that message boldly with God's word, speaking in various languages, enabled to do so by the Holy Spirit. And what word did they preach? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That first Jerusalem grew from there to cities all over the world that have heard that same message preached into sinful ears 
The word went to Athens, to Philippi, to Antioch, to Rome, to Augsburg, to Wittenberg, to New Orleans, to St. Louis, and now it's even here in Lincoln, Nebraska. The word is present here. The gifts are present here. The forgiveness is present here. And it's all for you. God brought forgiveness from Jesus to Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. So the sinners that gather there might rejoice at the gifts God gives. That they might be glad that all of their grumbling is covered by Jesus' blood. So that we might rejoice when we get to come and hear forgiveness preached into our ears in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So that we might eat and drink and be satisfied even if it makes us 10 minutes late for lunch. God sent his word here. And so, we are glad when they say to us, let us go to the house of the Lord. we might receive the gifts, that we might rejoice at what God has done for sinners like us, so that we might sing along with the hymn, what language could I borrow to thank you, Lord, for all the great stuff that you give to me? Rejoice, dear Christians. Be glad. God is here to grant you peace, comfort, and joy. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be here with us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.